got in Los Angeles, Missouri, Orlando, Florida, Detroit, Michigan, uh, Denver, Colorado, New York, New York, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Buffalo, New York, Nashville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Maryland, Denver, Colorado, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Kansas, Missouri, home of the Super Bowl, and the champion, Kansas, the Chief. Welcome to the Lunchers of Missouri, Kingdom of Commerce for April the 22nd, 2023. My name is Alan Bush, your host, and Chris Rowe with Elder Lyle. How you doing, Ray? Fine. And how's the family doing, sir? Fine. And Brother Scott, how you doing, sir? I am too blessed to be distressed. Right now, I got you going to watch you. She's right now, within a couple weeks, at the graduation, am I right? Uh, two weeks from now, yep. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Getting close, getting close, getting close. Yes, sir, Ray. That's terrific. My brother Scott there, and that's celebrating his house real soon, and also gonna smoke later on today would be Scott DeBoga III. But right now, we're broadcasting live on USAHotTalkRadio.com from beautiful Ferguson, Missouri. Well, I'll say that we are all part of Ferguson, Missouri, which is Los Angeles City and and all of Missouri. Also, we're gonna think we're making them not to the Missouri team. Missouri team, Commerce, and the weekend. That's on a on a business area they've been saying so much. Maybe maybe the point what you do every weekend um, well over eight years now. So anyway, without any further ado, they have prayer with Elder Elder Miles, who's the pastor of the Walnut Park Bower Chapter Church, located at fifty five forty seven Avenue. That's same Missouri, sixty one two oh. And where you mean force you here be that other Elder Elder Miles, the pastor of the Walnut Park Bower Chapter Church. And if you find for us, and then you can have a prayer for us. Yeah, you know, get that. Just be one, two, oh, five, five, four, seven, you get us and Lord. Uh, please forgive my voice. It's got that sinus, sinus time of year. But next, what you'll be that he loud and clear will be that of hell allows the pastor on up for Dr. Arbitration located five, five, four, seven, Middle Avenue, that North Angeles, six, three, one, two, oh. Brother Lyle, how you doing, sir? Fine. And we got here. Thank you, sir. Heavenly Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. You didn't have to that you did. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for a wonderful gospel, how that Christ died for our sin, was buried and rose again. I continue believing to the saving of the soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, I ask you bless the sick all over in the universe. You know what to do. And Heavenly Father, I ask we have a wonderful fellowship with you. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Elder Lyles, we want to thank you for that beautiful prayer card right now all over the universe. We have nothing but turmoil. The Bible says that, so we should not be surprised at least for that. What you got for this week, sir? Oh, uh, I, I got I got something, but I'm, I'm a, it's it's a revolution, though. Our okay, you know, people don't know what the revolution is, and I'm gonna get him <laughs> a a meaning of what the revolution. The revolution is a it's a mixed culture of all nationalities in one. Working for the better and the good of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
We need that. We need that. We definitely need that rep. <laughs> that's a good revolution there. That's, that's what a revolution is. Everybody right on be working together. All us over, all over the universe. We need to get on the right track and stay. Remember how Christ died for our sin, was buried and rose again. And by continue believing to the same number of soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. It's, uh, I'm going to go here in the scripture that I want to that I want to read in Ephesians. Okay. You know, everybody get upset and, and they do this and do that. But here's one thing. When you do get upset, this is what you're supposed to do according to Scripture. Okay. Uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter in verse 26. Mm-hmm. It says, Be ye angry, and sin not. <laughs> Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Wow, read that again, Rip. Read that again, please. Three times, Rip. Read that please. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. See, God, yeah. you get angry. Jesus got angry. But you ain't supposed to sin because you get angry. <sighs> Yeah, Moses got angry too. He know that, so that's yeah. all. Nothing new. You're supposed to be obedient to God. It, this ain't your world. This God's world. And the people in it belongs to God too. Mm-hmm. And all we all God requires is to believe his gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We pass from death unto life. Before we sleep and after we sleep, continue to show love one toward another, in another, to another, and for another. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. We say it's show love. Love is action. When you love somebody, you're going to act on it. And that's what the world needs to do is act on that they love Christ and they show more love to others so people get saved before it's ever too late. You know, really, that's one of the things that uh, that people, what you just said there, you know, about showing love for, for one another, is a, is a problem that that uh, it seems as though people have a problem relating to each other sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, trying to figure out how to work to get along with somebody as to work how to not get along with them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, and really, you know, getting along with a person is not that hard because I always tell people to treat the person the way, the way you want to be treated. You know what I mean? You know, and, and that's the best way to do it. You know, and like I said, we talked the other day, you came out of the house and said, remember I said, if I'm leaving, give, give me a band-aid. You know, don't put no salt on me. Okay. If I'm crying, give me a tissue. You know what I'm saying? If yep. I fall down, pick, if I fall down, pick me up. Okay. Okay. Thanks. But that's how that, that's how you know uh, life is. You know when you when you when you you know uh, you know when you love somebody. You know and and, and you want to help somebody. Hey, 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 I right. I'm so good. I'm so good here. I just want to. I want to read some. Go right here, 
this is where the beginning came from. This is the beginning. Okay. The beginning is, is Africa. Mm, yes. It is chiefly the illiterate, the uneducated, and racially biased who refute the fact that the earliest and first human Homo species was discovered in the area of what is known today as Africa. Mm. And that the place at that time was called Eden. They go all the way back to Adam and Eve. From this point, human, human time migrated throughout the world. Facts mm -hmm. have been gathered from the land of Kenya, East Africa, in the place of Lake Rudolph, where Richard Leakley, the son of the late archaeologist and anthropologist Louis B. Leakey, was co-leader of the expedition that found the bones of the earliest man. Any history book of academy repute sanctioned the African connection to ancient, secular, and religious civilization. Because of abundant facts and scientific findings, it is clear that most of the Old Testament developed from Africa, Eden roots. The opening of the scenario of the Holy Scriptures talks of Egypt and Ethiopia. See the following maps. At one time, Egypt and Ethiopia was considered one and the same, and very often in Bible, they are synonymous. The term Egypt was once used to mean all of Africa, which was called the land of Ham in the book of Psalms 105. According to the ancient historian, Flavius Joseph, Celis, Plutarch, Tactics, Eusebus, and the and Deodorus, the original Hebrews were a group of Ethiopians and Egyptians who were forced to leave Egypt and migrate to Canaan. Even today, we accept a scholarship from Shepherd Diapo, Gerald Massey, who affirmed that the historical Semites include original Hebrew revived out of the African world and were originally black-skinned people. Manitoes, Egyptian historian, corroborates this impression. It is without doubt that if the Jewish clan of 70 persons were not black upon entering Egypt to see Joseph, it is certain that they were black when they dis departed under the leadership of Moses. Also, it is important to note if there were any literature per, literary persons among them other than Moses himself that spoken in written language and literature would have been Egyptian when they left. As a matter of speaking, the Hebrew language did not exist at that time. That's just, you know, right. I just like to read to give the people. And, and, you know, and uh, that's why I said, that's why I started off with get angry 
but seeing not. Well, 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 you know what? It's, it's funny you were you were talking about that today. Uh, just this week, okay, there's been a, a new movie coming out, and they have the uh, Queen Cleopatra. Uh, 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 it's a movie about Cleopatra. They have a black woman playing Cleopatra, and uh, and does an uproar because so many people had watched the movie Cleopatra. They had Elizabeth Taylor playing. Who's a white woman playing, you know, no, 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 Cleopatra. But like you just said, all of the history back in those days was all in Africa. I mean, and, and, and today that's still a land of color over there. You know what I mean? No, 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 no matter where you go at. And I know one thing you just mentioned about, about Kenya. Well, right now, I'm happy to say that the National Action of Congress was in Kenya the first part of this month, okay? Uh, we're, we're right now with Kenya, you know, to get some things done now, you know, we know to have some trade, you know, uh, you know between that, you know, our country and their country. That's, so that's right now, we, we're reaching back now to go back to, to you know, to bring, you know, bring their resources to our country and take our resources over to their country and we can work together and don't work together, you know, to help each other grow economically. Amen. Yeah, so right now, okay, when you talk about that, but I mean, so you, you're really just you're your lesson today. It, it's right on, the, right on the money, because more so than ever before, you know, we are find ourselves. Uh, I can't say fighting amongst ourselves, but it's just, you don't seem to want to get along, though. Right. And, and you know something else? We are, we are multicultural. Cultural yeah. movement. Everybody needs Jesus. All over the universe. Everybody. Black, white, green, orange, yellow, purple, brown, blue. Everybody needs Jesus. You know, everybody ought to love Jesus. That song says, Everybody ought to love Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, he died on the cross to save us from sin. Everybody ought to love Jesus. Well, Rev, they ought to. You know, one of the things that uh, that I was writing a program the other night, and they were talking about like, immigrants coming into our country, and they were talking about uh, that uh, people coming into New York, you know, but, but the Statue of Liberty, had a trade out there saying we need, we was open to any, but this country right now is, 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 is a, like you say, is a combination, okay, of all nationalities from all around the world. You need to come here and have a free opportunity, okay, to work together and get things done. And when it seems as though, just like you're reading there today, okay, about, about biblical history, uh, what took place back in those days, and people write down, you know, then we talk about history nowadays to understand that we'll make the same mistakes, but also use, use those as good and blocks. Well, right now, there's a fight right now in our country that people don't want our history of our country to be told, not just back in, but American history. I mean, it's having history to be told. You know what I mean? And, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's bad for our country, right? Amen. 
you know, and, and if you don't know your history, you don't understand who your friends are, who your, that's why they do genealogy. Okay, they, I mean, they go back and you. You say for Lewis Arrow. Arrow, they cannot stop it. You cannot okay. stop God. No. I don't care what they want to do, all this chaos going on out here cannot stop God's plan of salvation. This plan of salvation will oversee anything out there. Yes, sir. We live in the righteousness of the Holy God. And he's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnipotent. He's a great God. Come on. I'm the son of the king. My father is the king. Come on, come on. Now, y'all, all of us are sons and daughters of king. Yes, sir. Who do you think is the head of the king? Nobody but God, Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. He's the king. King of everybody. Yes. Y'all better get on board with it, too. Believe the gospel. Get saved before it's ever too late. Believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You pass from death unto life before you sleep and after you sleep. Yes, 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 yes. But while we're here on our earth, we need to enjoy us and do the right thing as much as we can about enjoying life and appreciating each other. And that's not really loud, that's what the Bible said. I listen to the Bible said, I'm, I, I tell the Bible I love you, but I don't. That's what it was. And the Bible tells me so. But that's not a really loud, powerful sin it to you. That's what the Bible said. Well, Reverend Lyle, we want to thank you for that very enlightening message today and very, very timely message, okay? But one more time, Reverend, read that scripture you know, about, about what you know about, not about uh, that from Ephesians, the 12th chapter, the 28th verse. Read that one more time. Amen. Can you read that one more time? All right. Before 28. It said, Be ye angry and sin not. Mm -hmm. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Amen and amen. amen. We want to thank you for that beautiful sounding message, okay? And again, that's Ephesians 4, 28. It wants to read that. 26. Hey, Ephesians 4, 26. Ephesians 4, 26. Ephesians 4, 26. Ephesians 4, 26. That's the matter right now. Okay. Reverend Lyle, we want to thank you so much for you know for that message, okay? That's Ephesians 4, 26. You know, and that's in the uh, New Testament. But again, we want to thank you, first of all, for uh, joining the uh, lunch of the team of commerce on a beautiful Saturday. Uh, thank you for joining us and Scott and the live switching it out here, Scott.
same goes around the world, all our listeners. And uh, matter of fact, we can be seen on and heard on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter Live today. And also our shows, this show will be rebroadcast on Sunday and Wednesday at 3 p.m. And also, you can get us again if you have to join us today. This has been one of those busy, 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 busy weeks. You know, there's so much that's been going on. But right now, one of the top stories and so much that's been going on that you can hear about today was, was the Supreme uh, Court. Uh, uh, did I say Supreme Court? Uh, well, there's a federal jury down in Texas uh, decided to uh, uh, go put um, a hold to a, a, to a, a, a drug that had been used by over five years over the last 20 some years. Uh, it, was, it was approved by the FDA back in uh, 2000. In 2000, and there been no, no serious repercussions. But anyway, that judge decided that he wanted to put it into that. And uh, after doing some research, uh, uh, the United States government, President Biden, and the Justice Department, they were going to stay, and uh, they, had a, they had another, they also know that put it to law. And so it was blocked uh, on this past Wednesday. Um, they, they moved again that just tomorrow, which was yesterday, and they would move again. And so right now, uh, the, the, the United States Supreme Court, the law would remain the same. Uh, and, and that's a good thing because that, that would have changed a whole lot of things. And one federal judge can just overrule the FDA and all the drugs and all the pharmaceuticals that have been approved by those experts, they, say, they said that they don't agree with it. But then right now, right now, uh, yesterday, uh, I should say, the United States Supreme Court justices, uh, Samuel Alito and Justice uh, Thomas, were the only two that uh, voted to allow the restrictions to stay in effect. But the rest of the Supreme Court moved in favor of okay that the laws remain in place. And so now uh, what this means is that the case can go back uh, now to the uh, fifth district, the U.S. U.S. Court of Appeals, which is the fifth circuit in, uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana. And, on, uh, and uh, right now, uh, between now and then, on May the 17th, because we will have another rule. Now, other than that, uh, you know, and this is about birth. Okay, this is about you know people living in their life and not life, and uh, abortion and stuff. And so this is another one. That's the uh, Roe versus Wade and another t- attack on women's rights. You know, and also one of the things. Okay, when people do their history and research, and they had this research on this judge and found out. Okay. That he wasn't even qualified to do something that he did. This kind of reminds you what happened uh, 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 last year, you know, with uh, the judge down there in Guadalajara, uh, who was unqualified, who uh, made some decisions that, that were wrenching overthrown, and you know, and, and they took it to the woodshed. So I think this is another one of the rulings here, okay, that we made some woodshed in the end. And also, this week, it's been uh, a bad week, okay. So, I guess for young people again, you know, uh, recent shootings in the United States highlights risk being posed by, you know, proliferation of guns that involve 
young innocent people that don't start in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, a young man shot at his you know, last week. But the case became so hot, it became in the news on uh, uh, on this, this uh, uh, last weekend after the, uh, the gentleman was, uh, who shot this young man rapidly off. Now, this is a young young man, 16 years old, about five years, something like that. But anyway, the man who shot him was 84 years old, white man. He woke up, went to the door, you know, this big tall black man at the door. Over six feet tall, and he's good for his life. So he shot a rap in the head and then in the arm. Now, uh, as they do some research here, there's a, there's a, you know, right now, oh, there was a one of five four. And then in the back, they found out, they try not to call this a hate crime, but it is a hate crime. Like you said, you know, the man's color. That's why he feels for his life. And so it turned out, uh, the gentleman, Mr. Lester, uh, has been accused by his, his, his former wife of being, of being abusive. Uh, his son even came out and said that, uh, you know, his grandfather, he feels sorry for him because right now he's, he's been kind of brainwashed, you know, about racism. That's why Washington Park was big in the out. And that's why he was kind of felt that way. So that's how I mean, he woke up in fear. You know, so I say, and another shooting took place in upstate New York. Kaden Jennings was, no, was a very shot and killed by a gentleman by the name Terry Mohan. Mohan, he's a usual homeowner when a car. This is just when a car, the state of Juven, developed into the wrong truck driveway. Turned around and was leaving out, leaving out okay. And the man came out and shot, shot them okay. And he heard it in the my boyfriend, and then he got lost. I mean, the GPS doesn't work way out in the road or something. He didn't get a signal. And so so they accidentally went to the wrong driveway. And guess what? They were shot and killed. And then early Tuesday morning, some members of the LE trivial group. You know, they had been to practice. And, and this is in Austin, Texas. And they were shot by a man named uh, Pedro. Rodriguez, 20 years old, got the one of the teens, you know, you go to this front on last night, you know, you got a fancy car that looks similar to each other. So they put on the wrong door, you know, and then they, you know, they, 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 they walked away, and the man got out, you know, came over and, and shot him. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, on some mistakes again, the people just doing something, I mean, I'm in the middle of around. Uh, he was shooting up his, kid, his, his, his twin brother. He went to the wrong house by accident, you know, on the wrong street, you know, and just knocked on the door and got shot. Well, these young ladies, okay, they, they made an honest mistake, and they didn't get, they get shot. And in the driveway, they made an honest mistake, they shot. And then I said, uh, you know, this, and then the worst of all for me, okay, was uh, in uh, North Carolina. This makes no sense. A little, you know, kids were playing in, in the yard, and the basketball rolled up to the man's yard. He came out and shot. Not only the kid, he got no pregnant in her face, but, but no, uh, no, her father's in the hospital. And, and also, somebody, somebody, you know, he, 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 he mother. And, you know, and, and this man, uh, he, he ran. And he could have caught him down in Florida. He returned to the, he returned to North Carolina. But 
that you've been out there seen that there that we've been seeing uh that uh, the owner of Fox News, uh Ruben Murdoch and all of these top you know, stores come you know, come before them in chapter five and and so the Fox News so uh you know, pay half of the one point six million dollars but there are other lawsuits that are taking place right now coming down the pipeline that they that have been sued now also this settlement here did not get the Trilla guy and all that other people off like over there in New York and really get Giuliani. They are also still being sued for, you know, by people also, about the Dominion voting machine. And so there's a whole lot more lawsuits. You read about in these And also, uh, also one of the things that I, that I'm happy to say, and I should have said earlier in the program that uh, there was an update on Wednesday, Center for Disease and Controlling uh, Prevention, signed off a, a more effective booster schedule for people who remain at the highest risk for COVID-19. And they have a choice right now between taking two, two booster shots, it is either Pfizer or Moderna, you know, booster shots, then you can get those now, you know, to make sure that, you know, because COVID right now has not totally gone away. And mainly because a lot of people did, did not get their vaccinations, you know, and so they still, you know, so there's a disease still out here, you know, in fact, a lot of us still wear our face heads, right, Rhea? Yeah. Because uh, right now, at my age, you know, you don't get a, you know, a do-over. So we don't, I don't take any chance, okay? And also, uh, this past week, you know, while all this was going on, uh, 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 there was some lawsuits going back and forth in Manhattan, where uh, former president um, uh, uh, Donald Trump was indicted you know, a week or so ago. Then there was a lawsuit, no, not a lawsuit, but a subpoena was given out by the United House of Representatives, uh, uh, Jim Jordan Committee, Yes, Amber Drags, the uh, uh, Manhattan attorney, uh, trying to subpoena a former witness that had uh, wrote a book after he, after he, had, after he had left the, the, uh, the former there, talking about what had happened there. And so the trial is going on. And so they came together the other day and agreed, you know, I said they, uh, Adam Braggs and also Jim Jordan committed to work together on allowing a former prosecutor, a you know, guy named Mark Pomerance, um, um, to be disposed of the representative of the district attorney's office to be present. That's good. Now, this is some huge news here uh, over in the country of India. And uh, India is a very large country. But right now, India is on track to surpass China. It's the most populous nation in the world. You know, China, you know, China, you know, got a lot of people, okay, but their population decreased some years ago when they, they put a ban on them having kids. And so that population went down. But in India right now, and I said, India is so important. The National Team of Commerce, the first of this month, uh, was requested uh, by the country of India to come to a summit there. They were having with 20 some nations there to be a part of, uh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about this last week, so get you up. 
that uh, that we went back to Kenya when we were we were in Kenya uh, doing a trade delegation over you know, a trade mission over there Department of Commerce we had a delegation there and the delegation was there then we got a request to come to India come to India so we were able to simultaneously in two countries you know come up with agreed in two countries where and that's that team of Congress has been invited into. Amen. And so, so right now, not only I mentioned about Kenya now, but we're also been back and coming to India. And right now, India is the most, what I'm saying here is the biggest population in the United in the world. <laughs> world people. And so, so whereas uh, uh, we may be a minority of blacks in this country, but in, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, India, there's a whole lot of black people up there. And they got, they got a lot of business opportunities there. Uh, they want to do some trade, trade delegation to our country the way with, with our black business here. Not just back to the minority business here. Well, that makes him come up. We don't just you know, say we want to be black. We want to be anybody that want to be with us. You know, you know so we, but that's a day, you know, we are. But uh, we're not trying to say we don't say that anybody that people want, want to do something to improve themselves. And that's what we're here to do. And also, uh, another good, good thing that I can say here that we, we, we're doing is that, uh, that as we here, uh, in our country, uh, the Missouri uh, Senate this past week, oh, oh, by the way, I right, were you there? Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by while I get Ira back on the line. Senate agreed to limit China's ownership of land in Missouri. 
Some niggas had no channels, that bounce a lot of that with jury. And now there's a limited moment that they can buy. And also here in the city of St. Louis, uh, this past uh, Tuesday, uh, a new board of all of them was sworn in. And for the first time in over 100 years, they had only 14 members of the board. But they, they, cut, they cut it half of 14. And so there's a, a new change there that's taking place there. And also, here in, uh, in St. Louis and St. Louis County, the, uh, the hijacking and murders continue to rise and to increase in our cities. Only another visit was a not to visit by Kim Congress, where he's beautiful, scary out and going. There's our folks that Scott, and that's real, and we're about to come back with our bitch. That's definitely the cold ass got to get out of here. Good afternoon, St. Louis and the world. Welcome back to the lunch with the back here. We're coming to a beautiful Saturday afternoon. My name is Al, folks. And today, I'm honored to have one of my very, very good friends and also my mentor, also my big brother, uh, Mr. Bill Kovac. Bill, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, thank you. You've given away no. my age. I mean, people with that description will think I'm 150, and I'm only 100. Now, <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. But, but Bill, the longer you're here, the more wisdom you have to, to share. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and right now we need wisdom more so than ever before. Amen. Well, if you're gonna find if you're gonna find wisdom, you better go to a, a higher level person than me, because I'll tell you, I don't think there's a lot anymore in the in in Washington D.C. or or Sin City or whatever you want to call it. Well, this place is so crazy. Well, Bill, it's funny you would say that, okay? Because uh, I can't, I can't just blame DC, okay? But around the country as a whole, you know, there's so much going on, you know. And uh, and, and and just before we get started here, I want I just, I just want to kind of let people know a little bit about this. Bill wrote a book over a year ago, and you would have thought. 
the book you wrote, you wrote it just yesterday, because it is so timely. And the name of the book is called Reform the Ecostocracy. That's the right deal. Ecostocracy, yeah. You're getting close. Okay. Okay, I was supposed to not one had been in the past, okay? But uh, for people not understand what that means, the soccer city, ruled by the least, uh, at least principal citizen, is a form of government in which the people the least qualified control the government are the people who control the government. And so right now, not just in D.C., uh, you know, but also uh, you know, most of our state capitals, you know, when we have when we have our legislators, you know, who make our laws and rules, also in our, in our local city councils and also in our local education board, there's totally chaos right now. It ever am I right, Bill? Yeah, it's yeah, it's you're. I'm absolutely right. It's total chaos. But I think one of the things that that I do write about in the book is that our legislators, our, our entire government, forgets that they represent us, that, that there's no power given to them. The power is given to them as our representatives and they're to uphold the Constitution and make sure that they protect uh, the laws and to protect the institution in which they serve and to be a check on the other branches of government. They're not there to be political fighters. And as you were, I heard you going over your list with you know, you've got half the board in St. Louis, and we've got the problems in Tennessee, and Congress can't come to a debt ceiling. These people, when you listen to their arguments, one saying, well, I want to win, and the other side saying, I'm going to win. But the American people are the ones who lose in this situation. And part of what's happened, especially with the federal government, is we started out as a, a nation of, of limited government. Very, very small, really, until the great depression in the 1930s government was very small and, and states really did most most of the work and the federal government decided it should do everything so instead of being a small government it now runs everything i mean if i told you uh what are, there's a big program on just how you shelter an animal under federal law so if they catch an animal that animal's got to have air conditioning and a doctor available most people a lot of people don't have air conditioning and a doctor available and we've just gotten to the point where we're goofy so when i talk of talk about reforming the taxocracy the rule by the as you described it the rule by the least stable or least principal citizens we've got people running it who are there for their own power their own sake their own way to make money they're not there they, the, the, we're forgotten we're just totally forgotten out here. And just just what you just mentioned okay about animals. Here in Missouri or in St. Louis, okay. I you know, I have seen people get more time uh, for, 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 for killing or abusing the animal than they have got for killing people. Uh-huh. I mean I'm, I'm serious. No, I know that. It's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and, 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 you know, and in most cases, you know, we have killings and rapes and abuse all the time. But I know, I know right now, uh, in, our, in, our, in our legislators, we now have all that whole rules that have been created, okay? And your dogs and kept Now, I have a dog, okay, where I ain't going to deny that nothing to them. But at the same time, you know, I don't see him, okay, as, as a person that paying taxes, okay? 
you know, the person that we, we take care of, most animals, okay, have more rights than people who are paying taxes just without government. Absolutely. And that's the thing that one way out there. And they have more people to defend them than most people. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the, the whole government's become nothing but a group of people who are protecting the rights of, of, of really small groups. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I mean, what you know, as long as we're on this topic, one of the things that bothers me the most is mm-hmm. we're always complaining about money, uh, but we will spend millions and tens of millions in Chicago and New York to put put illegal immigrants in the finest hotels, and yet we have veterans yeah. who've lost arms and legs sitting on the street begging for money. That's just mm-hmm. unconscionable. They're, they're homeless. They're homeless. Yes. Most of, most of the veterans out there now that they go around and say, here, I guess, for the rest of the country. You know, a, a majority of them, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, are homeless. And, and, and in most cases here in St. Louis, we got a new old hospital for the VA. And a lot of those are not just homeless, okay? They also need medical attention from PSD and you know, all types of things like that. Right. And they're not getting, getting any treatment or any respect out here. You know, and, 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 and we have people fighting more for dog rights and dog shelters, you know, than, than they do for people that's, you know, that, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah. No, it's, it's terrible. I mean, the other thing that's, that's part of this whole issue of the homeless and not having shelter, the average price of a house in this country, and you and I have, Ira, have talked about this many times, the average price of a house, I think it's around 275 300 maybe 325 but it's around there. The average mm-hmm. price to build one unit of low-income housing is over $400,000. And if you build it in San Francisco, it's over a million dollars. And... 40 to 45 percent of the cost of building a new unit is government regulation. If we really honestly and truly need to put help people who need a home, then we need to figure out how to get rid of the 45 percent of the regulations or a good percentage of them and get these houses built. Instead, what we have is we're putting people in expensive hotels. We're trying to bring them food on the street, get them a house, get them a job. But let's do something that really moves the ball forward. We've been talking about this low-income housing, I don't know, 50, 60, well, we've been talking about it since the 60s. Well, <laughs> how can you have something that costs more to build than the average person can afford to buy a house for? So if it costs at a minimum 400000 to build a low-income unit, but the average price of a house is 300000 most people are buying $300,000 houses because that's what they can afford. Why should we spend 400000 for a homeless person? Let's let's get rid of the regulation and get the units down to 200000 and, and and start building them as opposed to talking about it. That, that's what the problem is. And you know, well, 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 Bill, I'm not, I'm not sure how it is up in D.C. on the East Coast there, okay? But I know that here in the state of Missouri, also, you know, I don't know if I'm the area here, that a lot of people uh, are being forced out of their homes because of code, or code enforcement. Where, you know, when homes were built, uh, you know, uh, rules have changed, okay, said, you got to change this out. You got to put this in. You know, you got you to gotta have this type of maturity. You got to have some new rules now. And so in St. Louis, we have a 
we had over a couple thousand homes, okay, that people were, were put out of because of code enforcement. And, wow. and now we, we have those homes sitting vacant here. I mean, I do mean vacant here. Then they got, then they got to be tore down, okay. And, and a lot of a good, a good brick concrete brick homes out of St. Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri used to be known for bricks. And now we give the home that you know, big homes are kind of hard to come by now. They all big homes. Mm-hmm. It's cause it's cause right now bricks are kind of hard for him you know, to build a, a big home like we used to. But now, yeah. but it's just being torn down. And those bricks build. I know you know that. Well, I know that those bricks sell uh, uh, so much more now just to get some bricks right. from the home. The bricks are more valuable. When they told when, they, when the house is torn down, and when the house is standing up. No, it's it, you know it's terrible. But you know the government when government's run by people who don't have any common sense or brains, and and I don't mean it, and I do mean it in a derogatory sense. But sometimes you have to look at at the properties you have. Like around here, we don't have that problem where they're they're moving you out because of code mm-hmm. violations. We have a different problem. We have people who you know, who are elderly or sick and perhaps, you know, they don't pay a tax bill or something, you know, they may owe a couple thousand dollars in taxes and the government comes in and takes their home and keeps, and keeps the proceeds. I mean, this, yes, is, same here. this is insanity what we're doing, but, but it all comes back to, I mean, I, look, it all comes back to, we put, we, meaning you, me, the people, everybody who goes, gets up every morning, goes to work and goes to the polls and votes. We put these mm-hmm. people in office. And, yeah. uh, you know, the problem is, is us. I mean, we've got to find people who who really want to serve, who want to be fiduciaries to the, to, to the citizens. And we don't have them right now. Everybody's into politics for their own benefit. I mean, right now, people go into politics to make money. Nobody should be mm-hmm. into politics. I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be starving to death, but they shouldn't be making money. And if you look at it, especially at the federal level, they go into politics and, and they make their two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they come out and they make two million dollars a year. Uh, it's really sort of this revolving circle of here's you want to make money, go into politics. Around here, we don't have like a big high tech community where people can make tens of millions, but what we have is the government. And if you go into the government and come out. You make a lot of money, and you know I'm gonna put Missouri here again, okay? Uh, we just had Senator Blunt, okay, who you know, who served you know, for many many years, okay? Uh, you know, you know he was the House representative, you know, former uh, governor here. Well, right now uh, he's uh, just retired, and now he's making more and more twice the money, okay, that he would have made, okay. Was making in Congress now, uh, three or four times the money now, and he's hitting up a, a whole division for a law firm. Okay, how to go back and lock, 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 lock the government? Sure, it's pretty common. I mean, uh, you know, if if they can make the money, they should be able to. But what's happening is they're. It, it's not that they're making the money because they have skills or brains. They're making the money because they have connections in government and they can cut a deal with the government that helps them and hurts us. That, 
that's the problem. It's not that they're making money. If somebody comes up with a new product and, and, and does something that's really innovative or has something that sells mm-hmm. and people really want it, that's fabulous. But if you're going right, in, right. The, only, the only thing you're selling is your connection to the guy in government who writes the checks. That's wrong. <laughs> that's really what it is. It's their, their, their money, their value is not because they have skills or brains. Their value is because they have a connection with a person who can write a check to them. That's what the problem is. Well, well again, you know, I just have to use Missouri, okay? You know, as an example here, uh, just in the last uh, month here, you know, we have a lottery you know, that most states had, is that right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, uh, so they, they're trying, attempting to pass a law now that if you went for the lottery, that you cannot quit your job and start working for a company, okay, that was a bad service to the lottery. And that's the case because a lot of the people who were in the joined the lottery, left, left the lottery system, okay, and took big time jobs. You know, uh, we know, we know to stretch out people that they had those things like that. And, and they just, and, and so now, so, and, and also in Missouri, we have had people you know, who were retired from the house of they were uh, house representatives. Uh, I think we'll pass a bill, okay, for a company, right? Mm-hmm. Then that company would, would, would have them right out of after we have had people step down from the uh, leader of the of the uh, I think what the house sitting here, step down from the leadership post to the job with the company that for the gift he just passed in the last session. Yep. I mean just had no money. That's not right, Bill. <laughs> it's not. But again, we we tolerate it. People, you know, we get to vote every every other year. Sometimes, like in Virginia, we vote every year because we have off-year elections. But mm-hmm. if you elect that kind of a person, that's the kind of government you're going to get. I mean, the government is nothing more than a reflection of the people who vote for it. And if we vote, if we allow corruption to go, it's it, I hate to say it, it's our fault. And, you know, look, you're doing your part. You've got your, your radio show. I do my I do my writing. Um, but you know, we're a country of 325 million people, and a lot of people who, who who don't pay any attention to it. And this is what we get. Also, Bill, you know, uh, we just got right into talking about the book, okay? But uh, let us talk a little bit about Bill Kovacs. Uh, you know, I met you when you were the United States Chamber of Commerce, so let's start there. What did you do? Uh, actually, believe it or not, I, I started my career on Capitol Hill. I was a, a, a counsel to a, a member of Congress, uh, and then I became chief counsel to the um, Transportation and Commerce Committee. And that was probably the most exciting job I ever had because I was there and it sort of gives my age away. Do you remember when the Penn Central Railroad went bankrupt and they, all the railroads in the United States were going to oh. stop, commerce was going to stop? Well, yes. I, was chief, I was the chief counsel to reorganize the railroad. Oh, wow. So that was that was really a very exciting time because if we were under a court order to get it done in a year and we got it done in 10 months. And here was an example mm-hmm. where we reorganized, I don't know, several hundred thousand miles of track Millions yes. of employees, 
businesses, long lines, short lines, you name it. Yeah, that was, you know, that was, that was humongous, okay? We did the whole thing in 10 months because we worked at it. We knew we had to do it, and we knew we had to compromise to get stuff done, and we did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't care whether you were a Republican or a Democrat or a Socialist. All I knew is we had a railroad that we had to get done. Um, and and we got it done, and that was that was really exciting. Just so you know, I, after I did the railroad, I never did any transportation work or anything like that at all. <laughs> just just so you know, and it wasn't that I I, I had done my I made my contribution and that was enough, and I wanted to do something different. And the next thing I did is as chief counsel, we got the uh, Resource Conservation and Recovery Act done, RICRA. Um, which regulated hazardous waste. And if you don't, if you remember at the time, we had rivers like the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland was on fire. Mm -hmm. We had landfill dumps all across the United States. Well, RIPRA cleaned all that up. Um, so that that's what I did. After that, I decided I'd uh, use my law degree for much longer than I ever intended. I was in private law practice for about 18 years. Um, and I did a variety of things, mostly I did, did some trial work, did some environmental work, um, uh, you know, just a variety of things just to sort of keep the lights on. And then after that, uh, a friend of mine became uh, president of the U.S. Chamber and asked me to come over and serve over there and run the Environment Technology and Regulatory Affairs Division, which I did. And I have, honestly, I have a lot of fun. It's where I met you and Harry yeah, yeah. and Doc and... It was just, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It gave me the, the chance to travel all over the United States and meet people and give speeches in various places, uh, travel in foreign countries. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. You do, do some radio shows, do a little bit of writing, and I stayed there for, for 20 years. And, you know, and some days, in 2018, some days you wake up and you say, I don't know what more I can do. The world is gone by, gone by, it's time to do something else, and I had always wanted to write, so I stopped doing that and started writing, and I've, I've since then I've done two books, and I write regular articles for the Libertarian Republic, the, the Thinking Conservative, the, the Hill, um, Town Hall, oh, a variety, of, and Reform the Cactusocracy, so a variety of ones, and then periodically I talk to my friends on the radio, like you. Okay,
you've got to disclose what kind of materials you have. I mean, a lot of the hazardous materials were not disclosed. Nobody seemed to know what was going on. When you know, when we put the hazmat laws together, it was really pretty simple. It was tell local emergency mm-hmm. people what's on the train in case there's an accident. It's really pretty yeah. simple. The tracks have to be straight. They have to be level. They have to be <laughs> tested periodically. Uh, this is, railroads are not, I mean, yes, the, you know, the CEO is going to tell you the most complicated thing. Well, look, when, when we were, when we were doing the reorganization, we had probably uh, several hundred thousand excess miles. And we were told by the unions and the states and the farmers, everybody told us, if you can't take this away, you can't take this away. If you take this away, the railroad won't work. And, uh. We had uh, a very we had a very good study done by Princeton University or Mathematica, and what we did is we did an analysis of where does all this freight go? How does it get there? And what we found out is the same thing applies to railroads as applies to everything else. Ninety percent of the freight went on twenty percent of the track, and we didn't need all. Of it. We just didn't need everything else. And we had there were places where you had an entire railroad serving one farm. Well, isn't it cheaper for that farm to get the material to a railroad station than than for the entire railroad to go to the farm? I mean, you know, you just have to to apply common sense. You're dealing with people and sometimes people, you know, the problem is, and I'll tell you this honestly, I know a lot of people in this country. Most of them really are smart. They just... They're not smart like they could do calculations and they're going to go in and do a math formula or physics or quantum mechanics. They just know you got to have straight tracks for a railroad. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's, I mean, the railroad, the principles, the chain is the first railroad. You got to do a signal to track why, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, they got you know, to have some, some, I mean, a small kid, I was downside, so I walk on the railroad, you know, walk, you know, we have fun, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, you know when the train can't get off the track. Yeah, I mean that that, that, that has to change, okay? Because they still make all that noise. You know they got to have a gate now, and and, and then, but but now some of the problems they're having, you know, that that the common sense thing that that they they they, they redid, okay? Uh, they're not checking the brakes on the train to make sure that they, you know, I mean, and and, and like you just said earlier on, that maintaining the track and the train. Is that your Well, it's one of the reasons why they have vehicle inspections for automobiles. You got to go in every right. six months or every year, whatever you go in for. They check mm-hmm. your brakes. They check your lights. Why do they do that? So your car doesn't lose its brakes while you're driving. I mean, <laughs> that, that's, and and the same thing, you know. But I'm sure that the railroads are like everybody else. If you look at, if you look, and you know, in some fairness, we started this years ago. You know, when when we were doing reorganization, we had there were there were so many people working that there was called feather bedding at the time. But you might have had a hundred people working a train when you needed twenty. Well, right now those twenty are probably down to two. Right. So nobody's really checking anything. They're just sort of assuming everything's working. And it, again, it goes back to like automobiles. The reason you check is so that you don't have the problem on the road. Again, it's common sense. This is you don't need to be a railroad engineer or any kind of an engineer to figure this out. It's like you check the tracks. 
well, you know, the, the thing, the thing that mostly uh, we find now that the that the brakes okay on the trains are overheating, you know, uh, and 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 they now have sensors on the trains. I guess now they hold electronics that that somebody know, or then they'll either lock up, you know, which is you know uh, you know automatically, and naturally lock up. And I think you know another thing that I, that I have found fascinating is that I never saw trains as long as long as they are now. And and here you know, I just also feel they now have locomotives. I always was taught I'm not always taught yet, so what I seen I saw that the locomotive was at the head of the train and pulled the train. Now they have a locomotive in the middle of the train working. How does that work? Uh, I don't know, but I'm assuming what it is is to be able to pull some and push some, uh, just to make them longer. But again, it, it's you know, it, you know, every time you add something, every time you add length to it, it creates other problems. Just like, why do you think they have limits on truck sizes? Right. They have limits on truck mm-hmm. sizes because you, it's harder to control a big truck. Well, it's got to be mm-hmm. harder to control a big train. And it you know, but, right. But, you know, what they're saying is, well, we're making the transportation cheaper. And and, and maybe maybe they are. But right now, you know, the railroad industry in the last 50 years has become extraordinarily profitable. I mean, when, oh, when, yeah. Penn, Central, when the Penn Central went out of, when went bankrupt, they were really losing money everywhere. And, and the work rules were, everything was terrible. And that got straightened out. And now they've gone to the other extreme where they every you know they save every penny they can at the risk of of, of safety. The and again the you know I, I I'm shocked because I think the people of uh, Palestine have been very very patient in waiting for both federal help and state help and 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 they're sitting there with a lot of toxic waste mm-hmm. nobody knows what it is i don't know if it's harmful or not i'm assuming it probably is uh but you know i'm surprised that they didn't you know, several things didn't happen one is that as soon as the the spill occurred that they didn't because there was water involved that they didn't invoke the, the penalties under the water laws and hazardous waste laws and superfund because all of these chemicals went immediately on the ground and at that point in time day one second one there should have been federal orders out there for a cleanup, not a cleanup right away. for the city. There should have been cleanup by the railroad. The railroad spilled it. The railroad should have gotten there. The railroad should have cleaned it up. Not this idea of, well, we're going to wait 14 days and see who shows up and see if there's any federal money. And no, there, there should have been an immediate, you spilled it, you clean it up. And, and that it's that simple. So, you know, you you were mentioning that yesterday, uh, Joe Biden signed an executive order that will create a White House office of environmental justice. He said, What he wants to do is ensure that poverty rates and ethnic status do not lead to worse exposure to pollution, environmental harm. Uh, and this is you know, and this is what it's saying that uh, uh, right now, you just said here, the, the, the Republican calls for less regulations in all, you know, in, in all. Production to lower energy costs. While I mean, while they take away, make it cheaper, they make it more money. They are the, the price they have, they have, they are in that bill more expensive. Yes. 
también se ordenaba los hermanos. En ese día, yo me sentía en el día de Dallas. Pero la gente se ha dejado mi ear here. Yo le dije a dos personas, estamos en el tren, donde dice que hay 100 personas, 20 personas. Eso es un problema ahí. Right, that's a huge problem. The other, you know, <laughs> as you were talking about the Office of Environmental Justice, and I have mixed feelings, uh, uh, certainly mixed feelings about that. Number one, the environmental laws of the United States should apply to every community equally. Thank if you, sir. You can't, if you can't pollute in Beverly Hills, you can't pollute in East Palestine. It's that simple. And they're setting up an office of environmental justice to say, well, you know, poor and, and minority communities have been more affected. They should have the same legal protection as every other community. There's no reason. Just because East Palestine or whatever is poorer than someplace else or East, mm -hmm. uh, East St. Louis or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. Right. The environmental laws, and, and I think we make lawmaking too complicated. In other words, the environmental laws applied everywhere equally, and everybody was cleaning up the mess wherever it is, you wouldn't need an office of environmental justice to say, let's think about how we can clean up the mess. No, no. That, why are you thinking about that? Why don't you just clean up the mess? You've got the laws. Well, you know, one of the things, okay, uh, we, we understand that what's going on from the federal government in D.C. is kind of you know, it's, it's, uh, it's more chaos than that, than that the government. You're kind. Okay, I'll look up in the But I have to say that most local governments right now, when it comes to pollution or whatever, okay, they are passing laws saying, I do not want this in my neighborhood. Right. So, uh, you know, and if, and if they, if they uh, that's the thing is, you share probably where you are, that we have these people around St. Louis that have said they don't want common things to come to, come to, to be in their city, and they want to go to another city. And they, and they can, can less afford to do certain things. And well, they right next to each other. Well, nobody wants anything in their city. Let me, let me tell you, I was, I was one of the jobs that I did omit because it was only part-time. I was chairman of the Hazardous Waste uh, Facility Siting Board in Virginia for, for two years. And uh, one of we, the way we dealt with, they called it the NIMBY problem, not in my backyard. The way, the way I dealt with it is, and I was pretty successful. I told everybody, look, we're at a, we're going to put this facility in the neighborhood that wants it. We're not going to put any facility in the neighborhood that doesn't. But let me tell you, there are going to be incentives for neighborhoods to take it. And so I, I went to the companies and I said, okay, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to go and you're going to have to make, you're going to have to tell the host community what it is you're going to do, what the protections are, and what incentives are going to go? Are you going to build them a new school, a new community center? Are you going to help with downtown? Are you going to do low-income housing? It was amazing because once those incentives were in place, it was a lot easier to deal with cities for several reasons. One is they said, we know what the safety standards are going to be. We still don't want the facility, but we're going to get two new schools and a new community center. So it's going to help us. So there, there's a trade-off. And the, my feeling was always... That if you just tell a community, 
we're putting this here because this is where we want to put it. Community is mostly going to say, no, we don't want it. But if you tell the community you're going to do something for them, then they have to mm -hmm. think, is it better to have this done or is it better to mm -hmm. just live the way we're living? And most communities will say, gee, we need this. And every community wanted, every community wanted something completely different. Nobody wanted the same thing. But that's fine because every community needs something different. And it was a good way for the, for the industry to figure out what they were going to do community knew what kind of protections they were going to have because if they didn't get the protections they weren't going to agree to it at all as opposed mm -hmm. to government going into a place and just shoving it down your throat you can't do that but no. the other side of it is look and this really bothers me let's take alaska and the oil in the oil reserves there's right. an example where alaskans especially the indigenous alaskans one the want the oil companies to begin want the oil they've always wanted them to pump oil why because until really until i think it was until obama alaska mm -hmm. generated so much profit from the from the oil business that it actually mm -hmm. gave every citizen it paid citizens it didn't collect taxes it paid citizens wow. to be citizens in alaska mm -hmm. and the few times that i was up there because i was dealing with the indigenous people especially in the pebble mine i mean mm -hmm. they were crying to me saying please don't let the government shut this down this is our only source of income for our entire community mm -hmm. and you have to realize that certain places like alaska where they have a lot of oil and they're way out of the way nothing's going to they haven't had any spills other than the Exxon Exxon Valdez, but that was because of a drunk captain. That was had nothing to do with, you know, the the pipelines. And, and some communities might want oil, and we should let them. We should let them have it. And, but what happens is the the in the national organizations like the uh, environmental groups they organize. They don't live in Alaska. They don't even want to be in Alaska. But they don't want Alaska. They don't want Alaska to pump oil. Well, that's wrong too. So when you get to these, you know, local community things, there are. I think there really are ways to handle them. It's just that again, you've got to you got to get government out of the way and bring in people who are just frankly have common sense. I, some days I think it'd be better just to have people elected to Congress randomly. In other words, take a dart and throw it against dart and throw it against the wall or something, or pick people out of the telephone book or whatever. <laughs> It can't do any worse. But, well, you know, you know I, I wouldn't be remiss if I had to bring this up, okay? Uh, you're a census. Uh, you're a congressman from New York. Uh, uh, he got elected, and everybody, and he had told off that for good lies, you know. And I, I know one of the things that a lot of people don't go into politics uh, at a certain level because. Uh, it's all the scrutiny that, that comes with it. I mean, your whole backpack, your whole life will be exposed, you know, and all this. And so if you tell a lie, okay, you know, they're going to to be exposed to you. Well, and you know all about that, okay? And so right now, okay, we look at right now that here he is there uh, making more money than made his entire life legally, okay? <laughs> and when I stand with him, uh, Glad you put it in legally. 
I would say I probably don't deserve it. And, you know, I would say thank you, but I, I would recognize I didn't deserve it. But for, I don't know, I started paying at 16, age 16. So without, uh, you know, about six, 60 years of paying into the system, mm-hmm. uh, I put a lot of money into the system. And if that money, I read, a, I read an article one time that if, if you just put it into the bank and the bank compounded it at 5%, a year, which is less than what you could have gotten over all those years, uh, mm-hmm. you'd be far ahead, far further ahead than, than what the government's going to give you. So as far as I'm concerned, they've had my money for 60 years, and they owe me something. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like, you know, I've bought, I've bought this. To me, it's an, I bought an annuity, and it's just the federal government instead of an insurance company. That's how I look at it. Now, getting down to, you know, between McCarthy and and Biden and Schumer, I think they're both nuts. You know, I, the Biden, McCarthy's trying to be reasonable, and the stuff that he's put out uh, is really not bad. I I think Biden saying you've just got to have a clean one is is really a little bit crazy because you can't have a clean one. You can't spend spend more. I think you've got to go down every single thing and ask yourself, well, what is it that we're doing? One of the things that uh, McCarthy wants to do is put on. Uh, a cap and a cap and a cap on spending for the next I don't know ten years at one percent growth. You know, one percent growth is not a lot, but we've already spent thirty four thirty two trillion dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot. It, we've we're, we have more debt than the entire value of the United States virtually. Well, that sounds old. That sounds old. Yeah. So you know, and then the other stuff is you know eighty thousand new IRS agents. We only have 10, 10 or 12,000 agents on, on the border. We're going to have 80,000 IRS. I mean, it's just, it's just, again, common sense. Where's your common sense? You know, you know if they said we're going to put an additional 10,000 IRS agents in because, you know, we've got some problems and we've got to audit some bigger people, okay, go do it. But, you know, 80,000. So that's another, you know, dollars uh, you've got $700 billion that are out there in unobligated pandemic uh, funding. Well, if it's been unobligated and nobody's spending it and it's just sitting in somebody's basket, take the money back. Well, you don't have to spend it. Just take it back. Um, mm-hmm. you, could re- you could rescind the, the, the 70 or $80 billion right there. Um, asking people, asking adults who have no dependents to work, uh, in order to get uh, welfare payments, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, look, I've been working since probably since I was 12 with the paper route. So, I mean, I don't even think about it. I just get up and you just do it. Obviously, a lot of the, the people today and a lot of the younger generation don't think you have that obligation. So that's you know that's a that's a mindset. But if the society is going to pay you, you, you know, you probably, they probably expect something from it. Uh, and then again, if you look at a lot of the things in, in my book, you know, we have every year we fund 1,000 laws that are not authorized by Congress. Let me repeat that. We fund 1,000 laws that are not authorized by Congress to the tune of almost or to a little over uh, half a trillion dollars. There's plenty of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. There's so much money everywhere. And 
and why I sort of like McCarthy's is he, he's he's picking stuff up. The money's not spent, so let's get it back. Let's limit the growth going going forward in, in, in the future. Uh, do we really need to spend another $1.2 trillion on green technology? Well, we really don't because we don't even have enough infrastructure to take the electricity generated from wind and solar now. So there are a lot of things that we could do. I'm the, Whether McCarthy's, the four or five points that he raises are the right ones, I don't know. I've got 10 different ones in my book. I, are they the right ones? I don't know. What I'm telling you is there are so many pots of wasted money that you just pick your pockets. That's all you have to do. This isn't this isn't the game. I mean, it's like if you went home and, and you had thank you, you had money all over the living room, just all over the floor, on the floor and boxes, whatever. And your your wife comes in and says, "We need a little bit more money because we're really short this." this month and I have to get something for the grandkids and I have to do this, I need an extra $500. You wouldn't say to her, go to the bank and take out a loan. You would say, pick the money off the floor, bring it back, put it in the bank, and then write the check from that. I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, we again, coming back to, you know, it's just a, a lot of this stuff is just common sense that people have to think about. What's out there that we're not doing? And if you just look at it, if you have a thousand programs that are unauthorized, costing us a half a trillion dollars, you picked up a half a trillion. If you if you really don't need all the green, the 1.2, the, the bill started out. It, the, the, Biden said it was only going to be 300 billion. Well, now it's 1.2 billion. That's so that's an extra 900 billion dollars. So between the 900 and the 500 billion dollars, you've got 1.4 trillion, and we haven't even touched anything that anybody wants. Yeah, well, but I have to agree, okay, that, uh, that, that in our country, that, uh, and I looked at some of the things that you, that you mentioned there, uh, and like that, I'm wondering if okay, that, 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 that we support, like, uh, Saudi Arabia and different countries like that, you know, you're so places like that who got food money, and, and we get with all those people money, you know, and they got money. Yeah. Okay, you know what I mean? So, I mean and, and then they turn around and stuff outside of here. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but we're going to say this to you. We're going to say this to you, okay? I think one of them, we've checked the board here, John. How are you doing, John? Good afternoon. How are you? How are you? Yeah. Good afternoon, always, everybody. I'm always doing well, Chuck. How about you? Just, oh, just before we get into a long conversation, I had told Ira... Um, I do have I do have a hard leave at three forty five. Okay. Hey, well, we're, uh, hey, man. I have something I have something more important than your radio show. My family, they're in from out. Okay, no, 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 no. no. You, you got to. We all no, we always have families first. No, you don't take your family. No, you know, you know, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but uh, Chuck just. Uh, Successfully, uh, yes, I'm not, I was, uh, I put it to my email the other day. Uh, our chamber, uh, the next session conference was, um, part of a delegation that started that went to, uh, Kenya, you know, oh. most recently. And, uh, and while they were there, they got an invite from, uh, from the country of India to come up there to be part of a, 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 a trade delegation to come up there. 
also, um, uh, before you came in, okay, what we were kind of focusing on, okay, on Bill's book, uh, you know, the, you know, the autocracy, autocracy about, 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 the, about, about at least the people who should be governed and, and how, I guess, how, you know, people that's in charge right now, and you know, and I'll just you know, just in charge, and our government, not just national, but also local, but right now on nationally, that, 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 Things that, that that's taking place that people are in need of, they're not being discussed. I mean, they're not being made, okay? Or like there's, like, you know, just said, there's like in a candy store, and they just think of things that they think they want to have, but they're not, you know, addressing what, what we need to have in our community, what they were sent there for. So, right here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what more you had to add to it. It's, um, you know, we're in a state of chaos, and I think we got to get out of it. But I will, I will let, I, I will let you and Chuck figure that one out. In the next half hour, I expect that the world will somewhat be saved. It, it won't be you guys will hopefully be as pessimistic as I am. I mean, it's a, it's a rainy, day. it's a rainy day here, but. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just not seeing progress. I, I, I just am, am am not seeing it. Chuck, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm just not seeing it. Well, you're 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 absolutely right. But you don't. It, it doesn't have to be subjective. If you just go by the facts, there's nothing. There's no productivity. There's nothing coming out of. Uh, I mean, we're seeing things from another perspective. Uh, and I was looking at uh, while we were while we were there, and it was in, in Kenya, and it was the closest thing I've seen to any type of cohesiveness uh, from the top down on trying to go and get something done. But while Kamala Harris, our vice president, was there, she was trying to talk about human rights, but it was under it was really gay rights, guys as human rights, and they stopped her mid-sentence and said, we don't have that problem here. We, we have some legislation, we have some things we're doing, it, but we don't even need to talk about that. And they cut it off, but that, it was a, sim a sign of being that, you know, maybe we're not in touch or maybe we're not uh, on the right point or the right talking points to get somebody to even want to listen to you so that you can begin to uh, put some new ideas or some other thoughts out there. That's a really ex that's an excellent point. But we're not in touch. We're, we're really out of touch. Um, yeah, it, it, it's embarrassing. It's bad. And um, we're, I think society at large, uh, civil society particularly, we're going ahead and doing what we, what we can do uh, within our own uh, reach. Uh, but you're right, and I think the, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think the elections are going to reflect that. Well, it's going to be a fascinating election. Could be Biden and Trump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, more of the same. No, I think we all, we, you know, we on that. We on that. Well, good. I don't want to say I hear you over that, okay? But I want to thank you so much, okay? Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to have. See you later, and Chuck's great talking to you again, and. Thanks, Ira. See you later. Bye, guys. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Okay.
Okay, uh, that was a real cool match, you know, y'all was doing it, you know, periodically, and, and uh, you know, share some insults, you know, some things that he's doing, you know, and, uh, and now we're talking about right now the chaos, the chaos in government, which is just kind of said, it's around the world, he's been around, I go with travel, I go with ambassador, I'll get you uh, you know, it's, it's this unbelievable thing that you have done. And that's why I was kind of raising there, you know, right when you, when you came in, but we had talked a little bit about today about India and Kenya. Uh, and so I'm going to go back to India right now. You know, this prediction right now about national nation statistics, they can, uh, India would become the largest, uh, office, you know, most popular operated country in the world. And, and so with, with you going there, is there any benefits to our country from you know, the black community from, from that new we come from that job? Yeah, and, and just the fact that you're asking is, is really uh, incumbent on, on, on the National Black Chamber and what we're doing is to, what do we see? What, what opportunity? And Think of it as a, I mean, it, it, it can be on any level from a farmer to somebody like, you know, some of the businesses we have. We have a company like just makes uh, unique sunglasses, colorful, mm -hmm. like black folks like with all kind of patterns and just something different that isn't your standard cookie cutter kind of thing that's out here. And mm -hmm. if we're able to find a good or a product or something that's unique like like uh one of the ladies that went on the trade mission we're on a zoom call and i'm looking at her at her, at her earrings i'm saying did you get those in india and she goes yeah you like them i said yeah but those are different they're unique and they were like gold but just had that kind of hindu or whatever that that whatever generated the design you know wherever, wherever the genesis of where it came from it was different, and, you know, it didn't mean anything to be religious-wise or it wasn't that deep, but it was just a nice design. And she said, yeah, I'm getting a lot of compliments, and people want them. And I just looked at me and said, you know, we're just exposing new products from different uh, uh, cultures, different mindsets, and different people. And if we acquiesce to the human element, that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I used to have an uncle, he would say, design is everywhere. You know, design, mm -hmm. creativity, uh, whatever somebody wants to do, and that, that's really what we're doing is making connections. So to answer your question, we're setting up trading partners, direct trading partners. You know, you have uh, an Amazon now that you can get your product on, and don't tell them mm -hmm. where the buyer or what you buy, don't tell them where it's coming from, but it is mm -hmm. in sufficing all needs and a lot of right. people just want to say hey can i have uh, through my website can i find somebody or can i learn what you all learn can we experience what you ex experience so they want to understand entrepreneurial development they want to understand exporting importing they want to understand what might be available because in other countries they're not giving attention to small business and they don't have organizations such as ours that is dedicated to, to that as opposed to, mm -hmm. as, as Bill was talking about, uh, the lack of getting what we need from our government. So, you know, they want they want us to be big government and depend on it a lot. 
but boy, look at all the stuff we don't have. So let me give you another example yeah. that hits home. So let's say we got small farmers. And when I say small, I mean they don't have a lot of land. In some cases, they may not even have a tractor or a plow or whatever, but mm -hmm. they can grow what they can grow with their old, the old style, you know, old hand. Like, mm -hmm. get out in that field and pick it or bring a bunch of people over. We're going to have a pick party and we're going to try to harvest our mm -hmm. crop. Well, there are Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the old days are the current days in a lot of places mm -hmm. still, you know, from that mm -hmm. regards. So how do we how do we address that? But then that person can still sell what they've got. So in Africa, what they were doing is they would take, let's say, somebody with ten hectares or something. They're growing rice, but they would allow them to put it in something like a storage Ziploc bag type of thing, and they would be able to uh, deliver it to somebody else that wants to buy it. So you didn't have to have bushels and tons and all that and be a commercial farmer to have any type of sales. But what happens when you do that is you are directly connecting with the consumer. The middleman is somewhat knocked out of that. You know, mm -hmm. because what they'll do is like with the uh, coffee, people growing coffee, They'll make they'll sell a key a bag a kilo bag of beans. That's two point two pounds of green coffee beans, and they'll mm -hmm. sell it for like two dollars and fifty cents. But mm -hmm. when you roast it, which is what we call adding value, you added value to it. When you roast it, and then maybe you even grind it or put it into a can and it's grains and it sells. That's one thing, you know. So what's a can of coffee cost in the store? Well, then, what's a cup of coffee cost? You know, you go into Starbucks and it's like four dollars and fifty cent, five dollars or more for a cup of coffee, of which this high quality coffee that was coming, like let's say Kenya, or it comes from Jamaica, or it comes from Costa Rica, or Colombia, or Uganda, or Ethiopia. See, some of the best coffees in the world, Arabica coffee. They're only taking mm -hmm. a small percentage of it, like in a Starbucks. So 17% of that coffee is so strong and gives so much flavor, they'll put some Robusto coffee with it that doesn't have that much flavor, and uh, you'll have you'll have a much cheaper product, but it's still selling for five bucks a cup or whatever the cost is. So by not having a roaster, not having that end product that can go to the consumer, the grower is cut out of completely. <laughs> And you can't afford to operate a farm uh, if you're always marginalized to the, 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 the minimum, you know, the smallest amount. So that's that's part of what we're doing, uh, direct business, doing business with each other, and in the process of that. So, you know, Ira, when you talk about minorities and, you know, who, how many people, and, you know, we're, we're brainwashed into thinking that we're too little or too small. But when you start aggregating groups mm -hmm. that we can work together, let's just say it's nothing, no more common denominator than we're all small business. Mm -hmm. That's frightening. That's frightening to big business. All of a sudden, yeah. you say, this is like, you know, we, we get crazy, but meat, what, what's going on with the meat now? They're doing so much stuff that, it, that you know, a lot of people become vegetarians because they know they can't trust these this factory mm -hmm. type of production that's going on and what they're doing to the animals and all that. And, and you know, and, and so you look at it and say, 
well, here's a small farm, like, like in Kenya. They were asking me about pork. They said, we can't get enough pork. And part of the problem is they don't have the feed. They don't have the ability to raise livestock. And the ones you see going up and down the road look like they haven't eaten. I mean, they're, you know, and so it just makes you say, eh, I don't know, I can get go vegetarian today. You know, I don't need to mess with that. Because it's, it's not right, and they're trying to force uh, mm-hmm. nature. They're trying to force nature's hand. And whether there's a drought or whether there's all these other things going on, we're not using our brains as much as we're trying to use machines uh, to force something. So, innovation. Go ahead. I, 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 one, one of the things, okay, that I kind of go to the note, okay, the other day, I'll be at okay. But one of the things is that uh, I think uh, the National Team of Congress has a unique network, okay, of their own diaspora that we can we can we can kind of connect all of these people, okay, you know, the, the, the small people, intermediate people, all of them, the other intermediate people, you know, and 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 they can sustain each other and go together that way. It's one way we can do that. We can we can agree. Yeah, and let me give you another example. We talk about India. How many times has somebody said they went to 7-Eleven or they had a store in the hood or something and these Indians or these Pakistanis or these people uh, from somewhere else were in there running? It's kind of like Chinese. You know, the Chinese have a reputation in a lot of countries that they'll be the shop owners, they'll run the stores, but they don't love you as a customer. And they, you know, suspicious or treat you a certain way. Well, part of that is they don't know it's like that. You know what I mean? And, and we're, and we're right. dealing with the bottom end of the economic ladder. But when you go up and tell, like, the people that are backing them or financing them or, or stocking them and making it uh, possible for that retailer to be in business, that is backing mm-hmm. his, his homeland, the godfather, you know, the mothership, back to the mm-hmm. source of where all their energy and power is coming from, they say, no, no, wait a minute. We got to respect that culture. We got to respect those people. Or maybe you don't really need to be trying to export people as much as just get your goods going and make the money, but put a black person in that position. See, if we can work together or cooperate, we get resources because at the same time, the American bank ain't trying to hear you. They're not trying to put you in position to open that store. You know, to open a 7-Eleven or even a, a, a little gas station, a convenience store, you need close to a half million dollars worth of inventory. And think about it. All, yeah, all those little things of toothpaste or the little uh, Chotsky things you see by the cash register or whatever. Mm-hmm. Each one of them things, man, it costs. you got to pay to have a store. And you're not a mm-hmm. real store if you don't have inventory, if you don't have products to sell. So, Absolutely. you know, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about a lot of different things here, but that's really what it comes down to. But more importantly, we don't have the answers as much as we've certainly got the problems or the challenges. And mm-hmm. if you can solve a problem for you to have a business. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You know, you said with an idea, okay, that, 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 that can be uh, transferred internationally, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be 
So, so let me tell you where I was going with the agriculture piece on the fruit and vegetables thing. Five minutes, so, gentlemen. Uh, so we've been asked, and, and it's been coming up, and so we're going to do it. We've been asked to come up with a youth entrepreneurial development program. Okay. So how do you, you know, how do you teach a kid or something to have a business, have a job, instead of not having anything for them to do, and we're up here getting shot for ringing the wrong doorbell or going here or there, yeah. you know, and not yeah. to say it would change anything, but you got alternatives to where maybe we could be doing something productive and not be worrying about these crazy people with guns that you that you can't even stray across or close to the line. You know, mm -hmm. all these people that were shot in the last week or something, they were all like innocent. Innocent mm -hmm. of doing anything. And so if we can connect those kids, like let's say with fruit and vegetables, and they live in a neighborhood and we're organizing, we're teaching them like the same way back in my day when I was growing up, one of the first jobs you could get as a kid was a paper route. And you learned some of the principles of business from your paper route and, and and service you had to you had to deliver it and then you had to collect you had to go back and get paid for your right. newspapers that you've been delivering all week so you understood a little bit you learned a little bit like i think about, i was about, in maybe fifth or sixth grade the value the value yeah yeah so i don't get it on on time but so if we could what we talk, what we say here in uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, sometimes I talk to the mayor about being you out here. We we say to kind of address things that of that nature, okay, by young entrepreneurs, you know, how we can kind of sort at that level, okay, and acclimate them into understand the basics and stuff, so they can go in, go into it, and have business people early on in their lives. So I think that's that's a great idea. Yeah, so we're gonna have we're gonna set it up so the kids. And, and it really, they'll be, they just have, they will be incidental that their age, but they'll mm -hmm. be able to have, whether it be a food truck, a food cart, or a mm -hmm. central delivery point within a neighborhood mm -hmm. where now there's nothing. There's a food desert. So we'll be able, and these are going to be some of the biggest and best quality, healthy type products because they're small farmers. And the big, mm -hmm. the big industrial buyers, the whole foods and all them, they're going for uh, industrial farms. Mm -hmm. So anyway, these are just some of the little ideas. One person comes and says, hey, what can we do for these kids? Another person says, hey, I got these tomatoes. What am I going to do with them? How I can't get to market? I'm like, well, you ain't got to have a, a, a ton of a, 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 a mm -hmm. bushels, you know, metric ton to ship. You know, if we could just uh, uh, farmer number one, two, three, four, two, ten, or a hundred, Put what you got we'll market but we'll sell them like it's a bulk thing but then we'll we'll also sell them as individuals well we have enough food desert here in the same area okay that we had some farmers okay to make some chicken in that's what we we had tried to do a while back remember that rev a couple years ago we were trying to work together toward that uh which was going back to McConaughey. but anyway uh that's something you know we we, we had started already but we were going to have to kind of be, and be a part of that and use Absolutely. But I, but I just want to thank you, Joe. First of all, okay, for maybe Sarah, you know, taking the time to see our chamber abreast of what's going on. You know, and also, you know, being able to, you know, right, right now, you know, as you know, you'd be in a lab around the world, Facebook, YouTube, and 
Twitch and Spotify and you get a podcast and that and that and that's good for us, okay, for the chamber as a whole and for the national newcomers that, that that we need consistently, you know, picking the same message in the week by you. Well, it is my pleasure and uh, you know, we are in service to mankind. But we're going to step our game up a bit more, and we're going to uh, challenge the community to mm-hmm. bring your ideas, bring your needs, mm-hmm. bring your problems, and let's see what mm-hmm. we can solve together. Well, that's always what we try to do, Chuck, is you know, come up with ideas and put those things to work. And we're going to That's how that has small business is started. And yes, my name is Adam Protest. Well, stay tuned. We got a whole lot coming. You know, we got our uh, August event in Atlanta, and we certainly want uh, you and your members and anybody else who wants to come, come on and meet some people and uh, make some business. And then we're together. Yes, sir. My name is Al Jose. That's your vote. That's real. Yes, Scott, and we all thank you again for the lunch with the election conversation in this area. The show we're going to get to at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, live again from 1 to 3 tomorrow on Sunday, and at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. Thank you so much. You know that money is out, folks. Life is good and keep you safe.